Acts chapter number 2, verses 5 through 6. And uh, I'll say this, I, I appreciate the folks who've come to me and said that said they were learning. That, that means a lot, amen. It keeps my fire burning. And uh, I thank the Lord that we're uh, able to learn together, amen. Acts chapter number 2. Uh, if you found your place, say amen. 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 Keep, keep your seat tonight. Let's read verses 5 and verse number 6. The Bible says, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Alright, so in our last study, we got through one verse in the Word of God, and tonight... I'm going to try to at least get through two of them. Amen. But at any rate, the last verse that we got to here was verse number four. And we looked in that verse where the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right. As we said in our last study, here are these cloven tongues. And I'm not going to get back in all that, but that word cloven does means separated, all right? So there was those different tongues there in this upper room. And we do remember that it was those tongues in that upper room that appeared. That's what the Word of God said. And then they sat upon the people there. But it's after these tongues sat upon those 120 in this upper room tonight that we now read the verse that said, and they were. Uh, we read in our last study, the verse that said, or in verse number four, and it said they, are, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now it's also in our last study as well that it was at this point that the day of Pentecost had fully come. Alright, so that means now that everyone who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ from that day forward had the Holy Ghost of God living inside of them when they got saved and born again. So I'm going to say again tonight, if you're saved and born again, the Holy Ghost of God lives inside of you. You've been made full of the Holy Ghost of God, and for that I'm glad tonight, aren't you? But I also hope tonight that not only have you become full of that Holy Ghost, I hope that you're filled with the Holy Ghost of God. You remember that in our last study. Alright, now the day you got saved, you got baptized into that Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So you are full of the Spirit of God tonight. But the only way we can be filled with the Spirit is if we let the Spirit have control and have rule and have reign over our lives. That's the hardest part of being a child of God, if we're honest tonight, is letting something be over us. We like to be in control, do we not? We like to have uh, full control of everything, but there's times that we need to realize that God is in control. If we just let Him drive the ship and us quit trying to do so much, amen, things will go a whole lot better for us. But in order to be filled with the Spirit of God, we got to do what the Spirit of God tells us to do. Alright, in our last, now as we said in our last study, uh, it's there in verse number 4 that we see these people are filled with the Holy Ghost. As of right now in our text, okay? Why? Because they've been baptized into the Spirit of God and because they were right now allowing the Holy Spirit of God in this upper room to have full control of their lives. That's why the Holy Ghost will, uh, that's what the Holy Ghost of God wants to do with you and me tonight. As He wants us to be surrendered to His will for our lives. 
That's what He wants, okay? And when we're completely surrendered to God, that's when we are filled with that Spirit. Now, as a matter of fact tonight, the people that wrote our King James Bible were filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm glad of that. The Bible said in First Peter or Second Peter chapter 1 and 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. All right, those men that wrote our King James Bible tonight were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. But so are these people in this upper room. And while I'm at it tonight, I just want to say this. If you look at who wrote those other perversions of the Word of God, you'll find out that they were not holy men of God. Uh, one lady tonight, they had part to do with the translation of the NIV, the New Idiots Version. Amen. She tonight uh, is a, a whatever you call them things. LGBTQABCDEFG. Amen. And she's part of that movement. So holy God uses holy people to write a holy book. And that's what we've got in our hands tonight. Okay. So uh, we see that these men were moved by the Holy Ghost of God to write what we've got in our hands. Alright. So in this upper room, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was like they said at this point in their lives, God use me. Uh, for your life, for my life is completely yours. I see them surrendering to the will of God in their life in this upper room. Now it's also like we said in our last study as well. There's one baptism, but many feelings. Now I realize tonight that when you get saved, you get baptized into a local church. Okay, I understand that. And your baptism tonight shows what happened the day you got saved. Amen. You went down the old man, but you come up the new man. But it also shows your affiliation with a local church. Thank you. Appreciate that. So it shows your affiliation as well with local church. But more importantly, it shows your affiliation with Jesus Christ. Okay? So we see that there is that baptism. But before that baptism took place, the day you called on Jesus Christ... You got baptized into the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, so we know that tonight. So there's one baptism into the Holy Ghost of God, but there's many feelings, F-I-L-L-I-N-G-S, not F-E-L-I-N-G-S, F-I-L-L-I-N-G-S, feelings, like our daughter just filled this cup up, there's times that we're not as filled with the Spirit as we are at other times, okay? Alright, so they were filled with the Holy Ghost of God, and then we saw they began to speak with other tongues tonight as the Spirit gave them utterance, okay? Now those tongues tonight were not, I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, they were not tonight some kind of just nonsense of noise, okay? They were different languages tonight. But now let's get back in our study and see if we can make it to what happened when these folks started speaking in these tongues, alright? Those tongues set upon these people, and I don't do, and you ask me if I fully understand that, I'm going to go ahead and tell you tonight, no, I don't fully understand that. All I know is what the Bible says, okay? That's what happened. Uh, do I fully get it? No, I know the Holy Ghost of God is doing a work here uh, in the Bible. Okay, so let's read verse number 5 tonight again. The Bible said, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So we see that these people in the upper room tonight, we see them there, we see them there, and we've been talking about them for some time. 
But we also see that outside this upper room, there's some other folk there as well. Okay, and we see in this verse that they were Jews. All right, that's what the Bible said. So there were apostles in this upper room tonight. There were Jews, I guess, outside the upper room tonight as well. So these apostles were Jews too, okay? Remember that. But they had believed what Jesus Christ said, and they were baptized by the Holy Ghost of God at this time, and these other men that were Jews had not believed as of yet, okay? Now, we know that these Jews were there, but now, uh, but how they got there tonight, I don't look a little bit of that. I, I thought about this and, and uh, I began to think, what were they doing there in the first place? What brought them there? So I'm going to get into that in just a second. Uh, my Jewish historians had to tell me that. The Word of God don't say that, but I believe that they're right. So we know these Jews got there tonight because at a period of time, okay, the Jews had been spread out. We know that they were scattered, all right? We know that. That word uh, uh, dispersed means scattered or driven apart. I didn't say that. I went ahead and said scattered. But if you study out the history of the nation of Israel tonight, you'd see that they were scattered uh, over in Isaiah chapter number 28. When the northern kingdom fell to the Assyrians, okay, they were scattered there. Then they were scattered again about a century later, well, about 100 years after that as well, when the remaining tribes were exalted, uh, were exiled to a land called Babylon, okay? Now, when they were exiled there in Babylon, the Jews prospered over that land called Babylon. That's another message for another day. But we see that they'd been scattered, okay? But what would happen in the Word of God is that Jews, after they'd been scattered, they'd go from place to place. Brother West hit on this a little bit Sunday morning. And what they would do is they'd set up a synagogue where they were at so they could worship, okay? So we see that. And they do all that, and now that brings us to where we're at in our text. All right, we see that Jesus, uh, we see that these Jews were there, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem. That's what the Word of God said. Now that word "dwelling" means this. It means continuance, residence. It means a state of life. So we see these Jews here tonight had set up shop in Jerusalem. These ones here, okay, that, that where this upper room was at in Jerusalem, or just right outside of it. There, but anyhow, I believe tonight as well that not only were there those there that were dwelling there, I believe there were some Jews visiting there as well tonight. And I'll tell you why I believe that in a second. I believe that because this was the time of the Feast of Pentecost. All right. So if you look up Jewish history, uh, you can read after Josephus. He's got a book about this big, and and he he knows a lot about that. And I don't, but I I'm glad some men do. But listen to this. So at this time, the Jews, or some of them anyway, would come back for this feast of Pentecost at Jerusalem. Okay, and we know that because the Bible says there were Jews there from every nation. So that's what the Word of God said. Now, we see what, what God was doing here is that He is bringing in these Jews tonight. Why? So they can hear the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ in their own language. God was on the scene the whole time through every bit of this. And while we're also looking at this, we also see that these were no ordinary Jews tonight. They weren't just, just plain old Jews. They were devout Jews. Well, the word devout means yielding a solemn and reverential attention to God in religious exercises, particularly in prayer. So these Jews that were there on this day of Pentecost were devout members of the Jewish faith. 
Okay, and I guess you could say at this time it was probably Judaism. All right, that's what they were they were doing in those days. They were deeply religious. They were religious people. Now, the great thing about Judaism is this: we got we do have something in common with it. We're both worshiping the same God, but one's worshiping Him right, and one's worshiping Him wrong. And don't hold it against them tonight, because God's going to fix all that one of these days. Okay. But listen tonight, you would see that they were religious and they were careful to keep the commandments of the Mosaic Law in those days. Alright, they were very careful in the fact tonight they did not want to offend God. Now, they were serious, devout men. And they were religious fanatics of the keeping of those Ten Commandments. They lived by it, breathed it. And I would say this, honestly wish that you and I were that worried about offending God in our day and in our time as they were about what they were doing. We ought to be. Amen. What offends God ought to offend us. But the TV has desensitized us. The government's desensitized us. And we're not half as offended at things as we ought to be. And don't, I'm using that word offended. Don't take me wrong now. Uh, I'm not talking about just somebody being straight with you and it hurting your feelings. I'm talking about what offends Excuse me, God ought to offend us. All right, but there are many people of our day and our time, they're doing the exact same things that these Jews were doing here. What I mean by that tonight is there's a lot of folks that are religious. I've heard several folks where I work say, oh, he was a religious man. Well, Catholics are religious. Amen. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are religious tonight. Uh, Pentecostals are religious Amen. But listen tonight. They're believing what religion has taught them is all these folks are doing. But if you're saved and born again tonight, I want to say this. You're not religious. You're born again. There's a difference tonight. Now, uh, I think we ought to follow after God and do what God said. But listen, religion will send you straight to a devil's hell tonight. Jesus Christ will set you free. Okay? And I hope that you've got a good dose of salvation tonight. I hope you're washing the blood of the Lamb of God. Hey, I want you to go to heaven with me when I leave this world behind. Amen. I want you to be there. But all right, we see these Jews were there. They were devout in their religion. And we see that there were Jews that were there from every nation. God is amazing, is He not? He put all these people there right when He wanted them to be there. That is amazing. So it's unreal at what God is truly doing here at Pentecost. All right? It's been also said about this. At this particular time, there would be an unusually great number of Jews in Jerusalem. Why? Because they were there to observe the Feast of Passover already. Then they'd stay to attend the Feast of Pentecost. So we see that just like always, God knew then and God knows now exactly what He's doing, especially with His timepiece Israel tonight, okay? Hey, you want to know something about the end of times, you keep your eye on Israel and you'll learn a whole lot if you'll study Israel with the Bible. And I'm still learning. One day I'm going to be as smart as Brother J.R. is about that. I know, he can hang your head, but uh, listen, he studied it more than I have. But I'm glad tonight that God is on the throne. Aren't you glad of that tonight? And friend, one man said this. He said there was approximately 3 million Jews there at this time. Now, I don't know about that, but I know there's a bunch there. Okay? So we see these devout Jews were there. Now let's look at something else. Let's read verse number 6. As far as we're going to get tonight, because I don't want to confuse you. I want you to go slow. I want you to understand. The Bible said this. Now, when this was noised abroad, 
The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Every man there is talking about every Jew that was there. Now that's amazing to me. Those tongues sat upon these men in this upper room in verse number 4. Those men began to speak in tongues, which again were languages tonight that could be understood over in verse number 5. And we see all those Jews were there, and now we see that these men spoke with those tongues. Now we see that it's noise to broad. A miracle has taken place in the battle, and now it's being noise to broad. It's like when you get a good mechanic to work on your car, and you want somebody else to say, hey, this, this fellow here, he does good work. And you'll go spread that thing. Or uh, let's talk about a restaurant. You go sit down at a restaurant. It's good. You want your friends to go, do you not? Amen. So this thing here, that they're seeing it. They're amazed at what's going on. And they're going and telling him, God's hands on this the whole time. And they're going and telling him, hey, we don't understand what's going on here. But boy, we can understand these people. They're talking our language. And if you'll look on down there, these men were unlearned men. All right, but anyhow, I'll get into that in a minute. But all this is a miracle. And it was noised abroad that this miracle's taking place. And I believe the news traveled pretty fast, don't you? But and now it traveled. A lot of people were there and they're gathered together. But now let's look at this verse. The Bible says the multitude came together and were confounded. Now, it's in this verse we see the people are gathering around as these men speak in their language. And we see that it had confounded the people here. Now that word confounded means confused. They're confused. But I believe it also means amazed. I think, I think it says a twofold meaning here. I think they're confounded and, and amazed at the same time. Okay, I believe that word has two meanings there. Amazed and confused. Alright, now if you know that you are surrounded by somebody that spoke Spanish, and had never been taught a lick of English, but then all of a sudden you begin to understand, would you not be a little confused and a little bit amazed? That's what happened here in this upper room. The, to the Jews, I can imagine, here's these big bunch of dummies, hillbillies, maybe, and, and they said, you know what? I don't understand how this is taking place. They've never been taught our language. All the different nations at one time and they're saying they can, they can speak at the same time and we can hear and understand what's coming out of their mouth. You say, how's that possible? God. Amen. Amen. Nothing's too hard for God, is it? Amen. But listen, that's exactly what was taking place in the Word of God. These men were speaking tongues, these other nations. They had not been taught those languages. But at this time, the Holy Ghost of God is speaking through these men. Why? Because they said, God, have your way. God, whatever you want. They didn't reject the tongues that set upon them tonight. They said, okay, Lord, we're filled with the Spirit. We want you to do what you want to do. So those people that could understand, they were amazed tonight when they looked at these men that were unlearned, but now we're speaking to them in their own language. And the news of all that spread like a wildfire. I, be, I believe that it prepared the people here, but it also caused even more to want to come and say what happens. I tell you what, friend, if we get on fire for God and folks get to hear what's going down, what's going on down the church house, they might say, oh man, 
Oh, we ought to come say about that. If we'd, if we'd be a little more excited, these men were excited about what was going on. I believe if we went up to somebody like this and we said, hey, we go out there to Mount View Baptist Church down there and we've got to see some folk get saved. And it's a blessing what God's doing. We might see some folks get in church. Now, if we do this, I go to Mount View Baptist Church. That's a good church. Oh, get excited about it. Amen. Hey, we go to Mount View Baptist Church, and it ain't about the people there, but we sure like it when God shows up. And when He starts doing some things around His house, hey, that's what it's about tonight. But while I'm at it, I want to say this tonight as well. If God can take these unlearned men and use them tonight, I want you to understand that God can use any of us tonight. Anybody in your name, God can take you and God can use you if you'll say, Lord, I'm willing to be used by you. He can. He used Abraham and he is a very old man. Used him. Used David and David was a young man. Amen. God can use anybody. You say, preacher, I don't know much. I tell you, that may not be such a bad thing. Just know him. That's all it takes. Amen. Trust him. He'll use you. But here are these unlearned people. God's using them. And I believe I said, okay, Lord, whatever you want for my life, use me. And friend, I know that's not in the Bible there, but hey, I think you can see it if you pay attention. But if those men had resisted, they wouldn't have been speaking in these languages, in these tongues. So we see they were speaking. We see that the people this time were gathering around them here at this point in this upper room. And we'll see the reason they were confounded. Well, the reason tonight in this part of verse number 6 is right here. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They said, wow, that's amazing. Friend, I have no clue tonight at what these men were saying. Honestly, don't. And I, I, I can spectate, and I think we'd be right on it. But I'm going to try not. Well, I might. But anyhow, listen. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know what these men are talking about. But whatever it is tonight, it was planting the seed of the gospel. Lord Jesus Christ. Let me put it that way. How do you know it's planting a seed? Well, we're going to see that later. Because later on, Peter's going to stand up. And Peter's going to preach. Alright, 3,000 souls are going to be saved and born again, baptized into the same spirit you got baptized in the day you got saved. But friend, maybe it was their words that began to bring about conviction in the hearts of these devout Jews tonight. And they listened. And maybe it's tonight that Peter's message, which we'll look at later, drew the net. Amen, I guess you could say. But I don't know about that, but we see that we're delivering some kind of message tonight. And we see this was not the message of men. Amen, this was the message of the Holy Ghost of God tonight through these men. And while I'm at it, I want to say this. I know I've said this before, and I do want to say this again, because uh, I want to back up on what I said just a little bit. This did happen once here in this big group of people. Happened once here at Pentecost. And what I mean by this happening once here is that I mean this was the largest group of people that it ever happened to. Now listen to this, but to say it didn't happen again... It didn't happen again on this fashion, but it did happen again. Okay, and I'm going to show you where. Turn your Bible to Acts chapter 10. 
verse 44 through 46. See, I do mess up and get ahead of myself a whole lot sometimes. But it did happen again. Acts 10, 44 through 46. Say amen when you're there. Alright, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Then answered Peter. So we see this did happen again. But not just exactly like it did there at Pentecost. Alright? Not that large of a group is what I'm saying. Alright, this happened again in Acts 19 and verse number 6. Look there. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Here it is. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, this stuff did happen in the Bible tonight. And it's like I've said before, this book is a transitional book tonight. From the Jew to the church, okay? Which means that we're making a transition. We're, we're, we're switching times here uh, to the church. And even though this speaking in tongues did happen here, I want you to know tonight it happened in the apostolic age when there was apostles. Okay? I want you to understand that. And I don't want you to leave confused tonight, so I'm going to take a few seconds and I am going to deal with this tongue deal tonight. And hopefully we'll get it settled. I want you to get it settled tonight. Because I'll never forget when I was a young Christian, I heard a lot of people that would say, oh, we're speaking tongues in this church. Well, I'm going to show you why that's wrong. I, I believe you need to know that. Because as you're coming up, I mean, some of you just got saved. You're going to hear a lot of things, okay? But I want you to understand tonight, if you hear somebody say this, they're wrong. I guess for lack of better terms. Alright? So these people are not speaking in truth. And there are churches in our day who will say that they are waiting for the gift of tongues to fall on them. Now, that's not biblical. Okay, that's not biblical at all. There's not one time in the Bible that we see people asking for the gift of tongues. You show me where that's at, and I'll tell you I'm wrong. Alright? They didn't ask for that. Okay? Alright. So we did see these men waited in that upper room, but they did not ask. They didn't know what was going to happen. Amen. There's a movement in our day that do say they are waiting to receive that gift, but not one time does God tell us to do that. And as quickly as I can, I'm going to give you what Paul gave to the church of Ephesus when he gave them the whole counsel of God. Okay? And, and you're going to have to go back and look at that, but Ephesus chapter number I'm sorry, let's just stay in Acts 20. Acts 20, I'm sorry. He is dealing with the church of Ephesus there. We're going to stay in Acts. So Acts 20, verse 17 through 27. A lot of reading there. But I want you to understand this. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Alright? And when they were come to him, he said to them... You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I've been with you all, at, excuse me, with you at all seasons, 
serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Now, could you imagine going to a city where you know you're going to get locked up? He said, but none of these things move me. All right? We don't need to be moved tonight either just because the government wants to tell us what we believe is wrong. We need to stand firm. All right? But anyway, anyway, where was I at here? But none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God. Remember we talked about the kingdom of God living inside of us. He's preaching about salvation. Shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men. He's pure from the blood of all men because he did not hesitate to preach the gospel to all those men there. The blood was not on his hands, but listen to this. For I have not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of God. Now according to God's word, Paul preached to the church of Ephesus all that was profitable to them. Alright, now if you go back and you read the book of Ephesians tonight, you'll see not one time does Paul tell them they need to speak in tongues. But he said, I preached you the whole counsel of God. If speaking in tongues was for our day, Paul would have said, okay, church in Ephesus, that's what we're going to do. But he don't. Okay? And I'm going to give you some more scripture. So with that on our minds, I want you to know that in the book of Corinthians, Paul mentions tongues. But what's the church Corinthians? Well, I would never want to put Korea Baptist Church over our church side, would you? Corinth was a bad place. All right, it was a church. They had some problems there. Those tongues, Paul, he mentions it there because those tongues are not edifying anybody except the people that are using them. Okay, and God's plainly told us to use words that are going to edify the church. If I got here and I spoke in Spanish, y'all leave confused, and so would I because I spoke in Spanish. And that's about how it is when they do that. They don't have no clue what they're saying, and neither do the people in the pew, but they go on with it. Okay, but listen, the people that were in that upper room on the day of Pentecost, they were not seeking the gift of tongues. They were not seeking that. And that's what God had given them. Okay, and tongues are not for us tonight. Okay, understand that. They were for this apostolic period in the Word of God. And I give you scripture after scripture after scripture, but I'll not give you all of it. We'll be here to midnight. But turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians 14, 27 through 28. Turn over there tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 through 28. We're about done. Everybody there? 
1 Corinthians 14. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So we see that verse, and I'm not going to expand upon all this, but I want you to know Paul also says this in 1 Corinthians 14 and 9. He says, so likewise ye, who's ye, you can take ye out there and you can put in yourself. Well, he is talking to the church Corinth, but they are the church. He said, except ye other by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. Paul said that's useless and it's nonsense. He says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 11 through 12. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh the barbarian. And he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. The Bible said, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Paul said, forget about that and edify the church, okay? And I'm going to close out like this tonight. We don't speak in tongues because what you and I are to be doing tonight is we are to be edifying one another because if you're saved, you're a part of the church. That word edify tonight means to build. Amen. So we are to build one another up. And in order to do that, we've got to be here, okay? We've got to show up. And I appreciate the number out tonight, so that's good. So you and I have not been put here to lift up ourselves. We've been put here, first of all, to lift up Jesus Christ. Secondly, to lift up one another, help one another, pray for one another, share one another's burdens. And we have been left here to edify the church. Paul said, all this speaking in tongues, all you're doing is you're there to lift up yourself. Why don't we speak in tongues? Because we ain't here about us. We're here about Christ. So it's with that on my mind tonight, and I'm going to close out. Seems like a good place to stop. But I want to say this, just in knowing that we've been put here to help one another and edify one another, I want to ask you this question. We're going to go to the house. The Bible states that we're members one of another in the body of Christ. But when's the last time that you went out of your way to help somebody at Mountain View Baptist Church? That's a good question. That's a good question. And I want us all to think tonight, what can I do to be a help to the body of Christ? When's the last time that you've shared a kind word with somebody? When's the last time you just said, you know, I appreciate you. We're to edify one another. Now we're not here to uh, cause, cause people to get a big head. But we are here to build one another up. And I'm afraid that in our day, churches are falling apart because this side is bickering against this side. That's not the place. The house of God is not a place for bickering. And you know what? I'm glad tonight to be able to say that I don't hear it. I thank God. We're here to build one another up. So these men were speaking in other languages. These Jews heard them, they understood them, and they were amazed. Friend, that's not to happen in our day. But it did happen on the day of Pentecost. And you know what? It's going to cause 3,000 souls to be saved here just a little while. 
But I'm glad tonight for the day somebody opened up God's Word. And I understood in my life God saved my soul. Showed me that I was on my way with him and saved me. And you know what's so great about it? I didn't have a thing to do with it. These men didn't have a thing to do with it. It was all about God. Hallelujah, friend. Let's all stand our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight. I'm done. You don't have to play the music tonight if you don't want to. That'll be fine. That's all right. We'll go in. And I want to say this. There's enough discouragement goes on around in our day. And maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, Preacher, you know what? I, I just want to be an encourager. You know, every church needs some encouragers. And maybe you'd just like to come and say, God, help me to just be an encourager. God, I want to build people up. I don't want to tear them down. We surely need those in our churches in our day. Maybe you'd say, Preacher, I'm going to give my life up to just being an encourager. Would you come tonight? I just want to be an encouragement. I just want to be a help. We're not to lift up ourselves, but we're to lift up the name of Christ and to lift up one another. Who will join me tonight in prayer and ask God to help them? Just be an encourager. God, help me. Who here to pray, Lord, help me? To be a help to this church. You know, there's an attitude in our day that says this. They say, what can the church do for me? Hey, it's what can we do for the church. That's what it's about. Friend, if you're here, God help me. God help me to be an encourager. And while you're here tonight, I want to say this. Maybe you're here tonight you say, Preacher, I've never been saved. Well, if God's drawing you, you know, you can be saved. The Bible said in Romans 10 and 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you here tonight? You say, Preacher, I'm lost. I've never been saved. Would you come to the altar tonight? Would you get saved? Would you move tonight? Maybe you're here tonight. You say, Preacher, I'm lost. I've never been saved. I can't move right now. But I want you to pray for me. Would you slip up your hand? Would you slip up your hand? There's nobody looking around. Bless that hand. Will there be another hand anywhere? I'll just pray for you. Bless that hand. Will there be another hand anywhere tonight? Bless that hand. Will there be another hand. Bless that hand. Will there be another hand anywhere? Anywhere. Is God drawing you tonight? You say, Preacher, I, I need to be saved. I've never been saved. Maybe you want me to come to you. Would you slip up your hand? Anybody anywhere? Amen. If not, let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you tonight.